Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Here we are again. Holy Here cow. Here we are. Yes. Holy cow. Um, it was quite, I don't know. I wrote opening scene, <laughs> but like Monday was so long ago. Who know, knows how right? accurate this is? But I want to start with Nina. Um, that scene where she just starts yelling at Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a bad dream. And then I started thinking to myself, that's got to be her life mantra. Right? She, she thinks about everything she oh my god I thought about you just because this Nina moment happened today and all I could do was bust out laughing and think of you I was like oh my god now we know what she does when Sunny is away she hugs her papers she snuggles oh with them god. I thought that I thought that <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh she couldn't find a pillow she's hugging papers I don't know it's like a needless dig a needless sense to make fun of her but I did it I took it I'm that petty I'm that petty <laughs> but I made fun of her for just falling asleep on papers and then like the good side of me was like you know like sometimes people can fall asleep like trying to be nice about it but I'm like no it's stupid to fall asleep with papers on you <laughs> she could have got a paper cut the flying out loud <laughs> okay okay back so, to Charlotte back to back to Nina with Charlotte yes. so I love how Nina is attempting to navigate this like crisis right so mm -hmm. she knows Valentine knows but nobody wants to talk to Charlotte nobody wants to bite the bullet and be like hey caught you on video you want to explain yourself nobody cares to parent Charlotte maybe that's what got her into this mess in the first place I'm just pointing out so so in, in every attempt not to be direct about the topic um she tries to like coax her into sharing and says you know sometimes I have bad dreams about something that happened the day before <laughs> like I died I died like it was the best it was the best I put down that's Nina's detective work sometimes I dream about the past sometimes I dream about what I did yesterday I'm like isn't yesterday the past <laughs> So good watching her trying her best to like do something about this Charlotte situation. But Valentine had an idea, and as a family, they all together went to the surprise <laughs> that he had. And so then I started to go, huh? Like there was a mm. part of me that was like, oh, new set alert. But then the other part of me was like, what? So so he a while ago left the hotel uh -huh. told Anna I'm gonna go get that pikeman information I'm like so mm -hmm. did he pretend to acquire information since he is pikeman and ultimately went to go see a realtor about a house I think that he was always living in that house and that is his secret private house <gasps> you think it's his secret private house yes Wow, I mean, yeah, that would make sense because where has he been going? I feel like we're finally getting somewhere in this Pikeman storyline. Like, I feel like we're finally understanding and all the pieces are coming together. He had a home and purposely was like, not for you, Anna. Not He's you. He's breaking up and like moving stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> because seriously, right? Because he finds out the day before 
Yeah. That Charlotte's a psycho. <laughs> and then the next day, he's like, the house is done. I got you a horse. I got you a mansion. <laughs> I got your bedroom. The designer came. And I'm like, that's really <gasps> fast. Meanwhile, Ava can't sell her freaking island. Like, she's trying to sell Windermere. <sighs> she can't sell it. But he bought a house in a day and got it fully furnished. So that's you're why right. It's lies. It's lies. And did you love what Charlotte had to say about the decor? That it wasn't Anna's taste. Because it's she say beautiful. Because oh. it's, it's actually beautiful. <laughs> so, so good. And then she takes out the cards. Yes. She, so, Mel, we were right. She has been playing with tarot cards since boarding school uh-huh i think you I said don't... that by the way <laughs> yeah we were joking about it but like yes. we were dead on or spot on one of the two we knew but... that it was cassadine cards yes we knew that they were dangerous <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and gold and pretty and really, really nice um and then she wanted to see her bedroom by herself i know it was weird yeah, I know we're talking about important things like tarot cards, but I was like, <laughs> that's weird. Why do you want to unveil your room, like, in your lonesomeness? But, yeah, again, Valentine is too scared to be like, what the hell, Charlotte? Why do you have those? Instead, she's like, oh, a friend gave them to me. At the boarding school your grandfather imprisoned you at. Cool. Right? But it turns out Charlotte thinks she's, like, saving her dad, though. I know he really got, you know, the young one who is in a rocky situation with her dad and she truly believes what Victor said. And it's just, I do not know what's going to happen next because she didn't seem too innocent when he was talking about the fire. No, she didn't seem to care very much, but she made a point of saying, I was at camp. So yeah. <laughs> An hour away, guys. An hour. Yeah, I was a full blown hour away from that fire. So good call, dad, not having me move in to the firehouse so how many of you pause the tv to try to read that letter oh i totally did i'm sure there's like a buttload of people who did as well so i did and i could only read like the beginning and then it was all kind of like too much so i took a picture to see if i could zoom i paused <laughs> it on the tv and then i didn't want to be weird because what i wanted to do <laughs> was because johnny was beside me and I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to take a picture of this. And then I was like, what do I do? Is it weird if I get up and just start reading the TV into my phone? Like I was going to like audio record it. So it like types itself. And I'm like, do I tell him to just leave? <laughs> do I say just, <laughs> just look, Johnny, I need your help. I need to figure out this letter. Can you help me read it? So together we read it and he actually deciphered the undecipherable as we were reading. Things that were really hard to see, he like figured it out. And so we were both kind of reading and recording it at the same time just to type it out. We missed some sections toward the end, but that he realized that Victor talking was him reading like the last sentence. So then I listened to it and I like typed it all out. And so the letter is for everyone to read to understand why Charlotte would feel so compelled to protect her dad. Because Victor basically told her that like Valentina's life is at risk. That, like, Anna will be the death of him. Literally. It's wild. Like, we never do research, and you even got an outside consultant to help you on this task. 
I know. We try our best not to put very much into this. Mm -hmm. Um, But this week, I don't know what to tell you. I gave it my all. (laughs) I love it. And that letter, like, let me tell you, it's, it was just so interesting to see, you know, like people have said on our page and everything like that, like, Victor will never really die. He's so intrinsic and like everything that happens and his evil lives on through tarot cards and letters like it's pretty amazing i feel like he's frozen somewhere at the wsb me too (laughs) yeah that's where i'm at with that also this um i'm just saying like is it shocking right that like charlotte can can walk on the dark side i mean she was basically like um how do you say, like, created in a lab with stolen parts? <gasps> yes, that right? is so true. Oh right? Gosh. Like, they, like, stole Lulu's parts. <laughs> and then, from what I recall of the story, Valentine was like, well, I guess you're forcing me, so fine. Mm-hmm. And then he knew about it, was like, I'll take it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I just think that could have something to do with um with what's happening. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. With the chaos. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of chaos this week. A lot of chaos, a lot of love. It's been a while. Love? Yeah. Which love are you talking about? Which love are you talking about? There's so many love. The one that I found the cutest and the sweetest was Olivia and Eddie Main. It's very sweet how she is actually falling for him because we didn't really know how this was going to go, right? Because we're just mm-hmm. like, what? Another amnesia story so soon after, it feels soon after Sunny's. But this one had a fun twist, the whole Eddie Main thing. But I really like it. Like, I really, really find this adorable because I find Eddie Main appreciates Olivia. Yes. In a in a in a different way than like Ned did. Ned had different priorities and that was like a huge obstacle in their relationship. And he called her like even though he's trying to mask everything, he called her his best friend, which is where like such great relationships come from. And I was waiting for the moment that Olivia would freak out about cheating on her husband while it's her husband. Like I knew that was coming and <gasps> Me I just too! Loved it. <laughs> Me too, because she, because it was something, like, I didn't think of it before. I only, literally, I only thought about it when she was in the green room with him, and she mm-hmm. backed away, and I was like, is she going to be weird about it being any maid? <laughs> and then she was, but then we got that, like, Olivia, who could be very physical with her body yes. when she's acting. So the awkwardness was freaking hilarious, but also the way she ran to Brooklyn and was like, I thought he was going to kiss me. But it was just a hug. Like, I just loved watching her process it all. And Brooklyn's like, but he's your husband. (laughs) I know. I know. Like, it's so funny from her perspective, but they've all managed to kind of, like, create a relationship with him. When Brooklyn went to go see him and wish him luck, I honestly thought, like, a really good bonding point. Um, Because as it is, they share the love of music and he sees that with her, right? And they have like that genuine bond. But I figured it would have been a really good time to tell him that she landed the client. That she landed Blaze. I don't know what's happening there, but remember that scene? I think it was maybe last week when they were in the house together and he was talking about being stuck on his song. And again, there was that bonding moment that was like missed. And then here again, there's a bonding moment that's missed. And I'm not sure why that's specifically being played out that way. Um, I'm wondering if maybe they are purposely keeping Brooklyn 
a little separated mm -hmm. from her dad. I, I don't know why, but it's it's something like how um, with Chase out of nowhere, she has this like anxiety about his job. Mm -hmm. And in a way, she has sort of lost a lot for her dad. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with her, but there's a lot of changes, obviously. Like she's switching careers. So maybe there is a need to kind of keep this hole for Brooklyn right now. <gasps> Oh, I think I know why. Because you why? know with her, with her with like when he's Ned, he was always very judgmental and wanted to kind of control her path almost just as much as Tracy. Like he was supportive, but he always kind of doubts her in a sense. It's almost like a backhanded yeah. compliment. But with Eddie, it's like it's almost like she takes a step back because she's worried about what's gonna happen or if she's gonna be judged. But as a whole, like bigger picture-wise, as somebody watching. I think it's more for her to find her footing. We've seen her fall so many times mm -hmm. with Chase. We saw the mess with Tracy. And for the first time in a really long time, she's making decisions solely based on her, not for an ul ulterior purpose or to prove anything to anybody except for herself. Um, I totally agree with that. I, that makes a lot of sense. It brings it all together because... Like, you're right. She had all these expectations and Tracy hurt her. Her, her. her kind of illusions that she had of Tracy or the way that she saw her or felt respect for her has come crumbling down. Mm -hmm. And as you pointed out with her dad, that was also someone she, it mattered to her to please. And you're right. Yes. Those figures, she no longer has to like please them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because it's about time. Like Brooklyn kind of be in a situation like it's, it's one thing to kind of like make mistakes and lie here and there, but I, it, it's just been like a slew for her mm -hmm. of really bad choices with really, you know, big consequences. So, yes, I really hope that we're going to finally see Brooklyn get it together just a little bit. Absolutely. Before her mom comes to town. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for that. How much did you love the performance? Because when he started singing that song, I had recognized it from a previous clip because when the whole Eddie Main thing had started, I had grabbed a picture off mm -hmm. of like uh, something like that. So it was so cool to watch him perform that song again, having watched the older performance. It was so cool because it was such a buildup over his like story arc with the singing because I find like even when he was singing here and there, it was like he was holding back. And even in the performance, like we didn't see his song like it cut to commercial, cut to commercial, I know. Cut to, until the very, I was so frustrated. And at the very end when he sang that song that he sang, you know, way back in the day that you did that clip for, he just looked so confident and so at ease and he just belted it out so beautifully. It was like, it gave me goosebumps. I, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm so glad that I had seen that older clip because it made me kind of really get excited. Because otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, it would have been an enjoyable performance for me. It would have been cool, but I wouldn't have had that frame of reference. So I was so mm -hmm. glad to be able to kind of, like, understand that moment. Um, and then you have Tracy lurking. Yes. And then, like, what did you make of that, like, Michael Tracy moment? <laughs> I really liked it actually because even though Michael's so young he has, he has so much life experience and Tracy's kind of flip-flopping so it almost felt like Michael was being the adult and Tracy yes. was just kind of being that kid but also trying to maintain authority by bossing him around but in the end she was just there to support her son from afar like her smile was everything hmm 
No, I see what you you mean because I feel like when you say how like Michael was the adult because she has been walking around you know being Tracy but at the same time the decision she's making with like um with Brooklyn and even with like Eddie Main it's like there's really mm-hmm. nothing you can do but there is that reality that underneath it all she was mourning Luke she's yes. mourning the loss of her son and now she finds out about Gregory so she is going through a lot and like her rationales just don't really make any sense <laughs> to us no, anyway yeah so okay so kind of just capturing where everybody's at and their dynamics and clearly Tracy is kind of in a, in a messy place a little bit kind of like Brooklyn actually absolutely yes um also happening at the Savoy there was a lot going on so I want to point something out you were totally right in suspecting that the whole blaze Christina meeting that mm-hmm. maybe would have to relate to her foundation and fundraising. And like you were dead on. Yeah. How do I keep saying that? Is they're they're equal sayings and they mean the same thing. Correct? That, right? Yes. And to me, that means I get 20 points. 20 my random point system. 20 points. Stars. Not, not even points. I get stars. 20 stars. 20 stars for like really nailing that. <laughs> so it was really interesting how things kind of like worked themselves out. So basically, Brooklyn landed the deal. It didn't take much with mm-hmm. Blaze. Um, they seemed to get each other. Uh, yes. And so that's exciting. And at the Savoy, it was kind of nice. Like we had like Chase getting to see, um, getting to see Blaze again. You mm-hmm. had um, her kind of being really empathetic to Brooklyn. So Brooklyn kind of having that person who sort of gets her and understands that she's going through something. Yes, absolutely. Like she got to hear the whole story. Yes, I love that, how she got it out of Olivia. She's like, everyone keeps telling me this story is complicated. I'm like, that is, a, like, a, such a strange thing to have to share with someone. <laughs> yes. And then she also bumps into Christina. Oh, yes. And so I thought that was something funny, how they both sort of said that they were, like, the third wheel. And it was mm-hmm. pretty clear that they wanted to, like, make a wheel so someone else could be third. <laughs> That is a funny way of putting it, but I love it. And I'm going to roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) Ten points for that. (laughs) Ten ten stars. Ten stars. And, okay, so also with Christina. Yes. So I have been saying, when it comes to Molly and Christina, I feel that, you know, like, between Alexis and Sam, I feel like nobody knows what to do because nobody knows what to do with an unstable Molly. Everyone is treading so damn careful around her. And I get it. You know, they don't they don't know what to do because she's always okay. But mm-hmm. they're also used to Christina being a person who screws up a lot. And they really treat her that way, like, regardless oh, of how yes. she behaves. And it couldn't have been more blatant in her conversation with Alexis. Like, Christina... Has been respecting Molly's space. She's tolerated being, like, excluded from her sister's life. She misses her sister. Christina does not have an animosity toward Molly. Yeah. That Molly has toward her. Because... Say what you will, but Christina is more, like, honest with her feelings. Yes. And, like, Molly held back and a lot is bubbling up. 
do I think a lot of it is about Christina? Not so much. I think it's an easy target. It's easy to be mad at her. I mm-hmm. think. I um, think so too. I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that like when things are wrong in the family, it's usually Christina. And I don't, and I feel like it's wrong, but like displacing it, like there's a lot wrong for Molly and she's kind of just jumping into that dynamic. The whole idea that it's always Christina's fault, that kind of a thing. Potentially, because I find it so hard to follow. It's a lot and it's hard to follow in the sense that like the reaction versus what's actually happening. So you have like Molly and TJ standing there and Christina coming over just to congratulate them. And you would think like Cyrus was coming over to talk to them or something. I know because even when Molly went to go tell TJ about being pregnant, their faces when it comes to Christina, even TJ, like I understand she offered to be the surrogate. She understands, you know, that it was bad timing. She wanted to help. But at the same time, there's this part of Molly that, like, is, I hate you. I'm mad yes. at you for all the things, for taking all this space. But it's not really Molly. Like, it, sorry, it's not really Christina. Like, you would never be mad at Christina if, let's say, Alexis didn't made space for Molly. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really about the siblings. Siblings have these fights because of, like, what they may or may not be getting from, like, a parent. Yes. In a way. And, like, there comes a point where it's like, I get it. She's a kid. Nobody knows what they're doing. But you guys are adults now. Like, if you want to take space, take your space. It doesn't have to be so black or white where, like, it's either you or Christina. There is no competition. Like, you're a grown-up. You're going through a lot of stuff. And if you need the space, you need your family. Say so. But it's almost like she doesn't realize that she's allowed to have her space Mm -hmm. unless she fights Christina for it. It's kind of strange. Like she doesn't realize <laughs> like is. you don't have to do that right now. Like you probably live that way for a lot in your life for like a long time, but it's not really the case now. And I just really felt for Christina when she was talking yeah. to Alexis because, you know, she expressed hurt over the situation. Like all she said was like, I just feel really hurt that I didn't get to see the look on her face and whatever. And then Alexis responded by saying, "Do you, like about her being like overly sensitive, or if she's like, overreacting?" And I'm like, "Why is oh, she overreacting? Like, no one think like nobody thinks that, you know? Like, oh, my sister's gonna get pregnant and have a baby, and like she won't even be talking to me and won't even tell me. I don't think anyone thinks it'll happen like that. And I don't mm-hmm. blame Christina for being hurt, but in terms of like their Davis girls dynamic, apparently Christina doesn't have feelings." She has tantrums. Mm -hmm. She takes up space. But the feelings themselves, they're not real. No, no. So it's kind of a lot taking that all in. Yes, it is. So, So then, like, by the time Molly gets to the Savoy... At the end of her work week, she's like a completely different person. (laughs) What an awesome transition. (laughs) (laughs) I literally was floored. I rewound. I'm like, the voice? The voice? What? And then I rewound to see if it was like temporarily. Uh And then it was like new. And I just couldn't believe that (laughs) we had a fourth Molly thrust onto us. Like, I don't know, but, like, I did not have a problem with the last Molly. I'm like, okay, 
all right, the Somali is closer to the height, sure. But I'm like, I, the Somali is fine too. But I'm just like, what is happening? Like, just what defines a Molly? <laughs> like, what makes... What makes Molly Molly that she can't pick one? Because I'm fine. I'm fine. What what throws me is how many. And I'm just kind of wondering, should we just change her every week? Should I we, know, right? Should this just be a thing now? So, I mean, like, welcome new Molly. Welcome Molly oh, number okay. four. It's interesting. I think she's winning because we've got four Mollies to three TJs. I freaking love it. <laughs> The oh Mollies are man, the Mollies are in <laughs> the lead. Oh man, and then when they had this little fam moment. Okay, so speaking of family, when TJ learns of the news and asks her, "Who did you tell?" I don't know what to make of this because after he says this and after Molly takes off, mm-hmm. they're just they resume Curtis and TJ. They resume into like this happy mode. But TJ kind of responds and was like, "I'd like to keep it in the family." Here's the thing, like, and like you said, everybody's just kind of rolling with Molly right now, but TJ is also a doctor and also yeah, is uh, rooted in reality right now. And like Alexa said, this is really early, really early, even for a regular, no problem, like, okay, surrogate, I don't know if there's a difference. I don't know what the risks are. I'm not a doctor. All I'm saying is regular pregnancy, you keep it quiet for a while because it, it can be tough. Yes, and they've all been saying that, right? Everyone's mm. been commenting, is it, isn't it early? And that's never, ever right? been a thing, right? In a pregnancy storyline, ever, yes. ever, ever, ever. Do they not talk about this concept of, like, saying it too early? Mind you, there's a lot they haven't talked about before when it comes to, like, women and babies and all that stuff yeah. until this, like, Molly storyline. So the thing is about that warning TJ gave about keeping in the family. I'm like, but that's the thing though. You live in Fort Charles. Like you're literally (laughs) somehow related to like everyone in your circle. Like there is no plain friend. Everyone is somehow related to one another. So that's a lot of people. And then what was (laughs) weird to me was that when TJ kind of made a point of saying like, oh, Jordan can't make it to the Savoy. Portia just had a reaction. I know. I was like, Portia, like, I'm not in the mood for this. No, no. But, like, the, the the best, like, very Portia moment. And not the best. Portia being so Portia-y, it was wild when they were all kind of celebrating. They were at the hospital. I don't know if they were celebrating. They might have been celebrating. But Curtis's <sighs> back was to Sunny, and she legit just rolled him out of that joint so quick. And this is after. This is after her conversation with Anna. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm just like, so when she had the conversation with Anna, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if she was even apologizing. I know. Because <laughs> at first I was like, is is Portia coming around? And then I wrote, well, okay, that's somewhat of an apology. So I wasn't quite sure what Portia was trying to do. I mean... Her mind hasn't been right about a lot of things, and a lot of her life has just been out of control. And I don't know if a lot of that apology was rooted in the fact that, like, Curtis, like, blatantly kind of disapproved of it and called her on it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that is the only reason she extended some compassion to Anna, because then she started to say things like, um, okay, I heard your house burned down and all this stuff. <laughs> but... 
but I did relate to what Portia said. She's like, it's one thing to take responsibility for your own actions, but it's another to take responsibility for someone else's and to live those. That mm. That is hard. Mm. And I, I don't yeah. blame Portia for being like angry, yes. but her emotions, actions, they're just coming all out whenever and, and with the Sunny thing, I was just cringing. I'm like, I just can't watch this. It's so awkward watching Sunny walk up to her and her kind of like ignoring him. Like, I understand that there's bigger things at plays, but I was just experiencing secondhand embarrassment as Sunny walked <laughs> into nothingness yes. and then had to like recover on that. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know how Curtis would have felt, right? Like he has a relationship with Sunny. Yes, he does. Oh, man. So, yeah, Portia's just, you know, continuing to do her thing. Something else to me that struck me mm-hmm. was, you know, Sonny. You know, he went to the hospital once he heard mm-hmm. about Drew. Uh-huh. But it's the chapel sit. <gasps> yes! The chapel. Oh, my God. I wish you were sitting right beside me. Okay, tell me. Tell me. Tell me your thoughts. First. First. Mm-hmm. First layer. Mm-hmm. First layer. Mm-hmm. What did the chapel scene remind you of just first first thoughts he walks into the chapel what crosses your mind i don't know i don't like quizzes okay scary. okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't need to stress you out it is funny um so what what occurred to me was the mm-hmm. last time it reminded me of the time where he was sneaking in the chapel with nina okay and at this point nina had already arrived at the hospital Yes. And he's there. So it just felt kind of strange to me. And it almost feels like, and I don't know if it's fully, but I'm going to throw it out there. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. feel like they are recreating the Nixon Falls return a little bit. Okay. I I can bear with me. It's just a feeling, but just sort of like, you know, she did that to Carly. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the whole like she's in the she's in the hospital and there's Sunny and then there's this other person. Mind you, he trusts basically and talks to everyone else um, except for <laughs> except for Nina. But just setting up certain kind of relationships, if you will, for her to kind of take that fall. Like maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I almost feel like they're putting Nina a little bit in the situation of where she is betraying Sunny again, but also experiencing a little bit of what she put everyone else through, if that makes any sense. I do understand what you mean, because, like, through this week, like, apart from this Anna scene, which we'll dig back into, there's, you know, Willow's conversation with Drew, and we get, like, a peek into how that relationship has grown. We see how, um, you know, Nina is dealing with the whole Gladys situation, how much she cares for Sasha. We see her world ever so slightly getting bigger. And people, even though it's Gladys, depending on her, how much her grandson loves her. Like, we're seeing all of these things that she can lose and all of these relationships that she can break. So there's, like, a different side to things. She is on the other side. She wanted to be Carly so bad. She wanted to take Mm -hmm. her life. She has most of it. And she literally put herself in Carly's situation. Yes, literally, to exactly to that point. And, and And it's wild because, like, you're seeing when they're in the chapel with Sonny and Anna. Like he is just divulging like his deepest, darkest secrets. That whole conversation was like steamy and sexy. It was strange for me. They, they made a comment about like, 
finding each other in the strangest places. I wrote that down. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Okay, like, you mean the strangest of beds? Sure. Whatever. Right? And then this struck me, actually, because you talk about how he was, like, divulging and opening up to her. But he says this. This is how you know we're getting close. And there was a lot of that this week, right? There was, like, Mm -hmm. a revisiting of the SEC storyline, bringing it up and, like, kind of addressing all these things leading into it. Specifically this. Like, we talked about how slowly Sonny has sort of come back to himself. And he wasn't himself when he came back from Nixon Falls and was with Mina. But he said, if this was five years ago, nobody would have disobeyed my orders. Yes. It's interesting how they connect with that place in their life, right? Kind of maybe losing a bit of power and all that stuff. But I thought that was huge for Sonny to acknowledge that he doesn't wield the same power as he once did and losing that influence. Because we thought it was sort of like he wasn't seeing it, that he wasn't seeing maybe the place Selena was taking even. Mm-hmm. So these two are just bonding so much through their situation. I like the part where they both kind of acknowledge that they would never really throw in the towel. What I did find the weirdest, though, about their whole conversation mm-hmm. was out of nowhere, Anna throws in Carly's name yes. toward the end. So think about Carly. And then he was, she was like, you should go to her. And then Sunny was something like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go see if she's there. And if she's not. And I'm like, okay, what? Like, this is so weird. And then when he said, if she's not, he stops talking. And then Anna picks it up and says, well, then I'll light a candle. But I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I'm going to go find Carly, see if I find her. And if I don't, what does this mean? Is something bad going to happen where you're going to run straight to Carly, but bump into Anna first after the news comes out? About, I, about Nina? It's so interesting because yeah, it's it's all very weird and innuendo. And Anna made it a point of saying, I noticed that she said, we, like, we will get through this. Or yeah. we will push forward. And just, like, I, in that moment when she, they spoke about Carly, to me, it almost felt like she was reminding, like, Nina doesn't even exist in their world. And it was more like she reminded herself that there is a Carly in his life. And he was reminded that there is a Carly in his life. Meaning that, you know, where his heart is, where his alliances are, who his family is. And it was just kind of like code to like the sex more than something bad happening. Like I just felt like it was all a bunch of sexy talk parading around the fact that they know each other. There's history. There's no more like things holding her back anymore with her like being a cop or being in the WSB. And they understand each other so well. Like, there's so much commonality. There's so much experience that's the same. And they've been bonding a lot. Like, she's sharing with Sunny things about Valentine that she's sharing with nobody else. Not Robert, not anybody else. Sunny is sharing things with Anna that he's not divulging with Nina. He's talking, but not even Carly, not anybody else. The fact that he's doubting the industry that he's in and the choices that he's made. The fact that five years ago, like this is some deep, dark stuff that he is not letting out with anybody else. And that will bond you even further. Like picking up on what you've just said, the idea that she reminded him that there was a Carly. I think that's the whole thing, right? That's what lends to it being casual. I mean, Mm -hmm. Anna had hooked up with Luke at one point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I could see, 
I could see her kind of maybe having something with Sunny, but it being fleeting. Because by the time stuff like maybe gets cleared up with Valentine, who knows if there'll be room there? There might still be room. The whole thing is he's lying. Nobody knows why. So exactly. with, between her and Valentine, it might just take a little honesty to kind of resolve that whole situation. But they may be the pit stop on the way to like fixing what they really want. Yes, and I, I can see that because Anna has done, you know, Sunny's good at the casual thing. Anna has done the casual thing. Like, I can see how that could work. And, well, what's funny to me is that, like, even with Valentine, like, Anna was a bit of the downfall, right? Because he had a crush on her and there was a point where, like, Nina was really upset and jealous with the whole, like, Anna thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also really funny because you're talking about how like Nina has been doing so well lately and it's true that was the point right how mm-hmm. could you like this wouldn't be explosive to her if Nina hadn't somehow found a way to kind of like make her life better connect with like Willow and just you know change just enough for it to be this like betrayal if you will and so I thought it was so funny that like through Willow's conversation with Drew that it turns out, like, that we actually get a, um, an update on what the relationship between Willow and Nina has actually been. And I think it's funny that all of Nina's, like, good behavior happened off screen. I know, right? <laughs> I thought that was so hilarious. And there was just so many reminders. You know, the fact that, like, when Carly went to Michael, how, like, it turns out Michael is actually making contacts at the SEC. And I just... I didn't anticipate that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't anticipate there being another avenue in which to find that out. But also just getting to Drew for a second. So he's finally, like, he's at the hospital. And the news starts to to spread. And this is really stressful for Elizabeth. And we understand why. And it's really sad. We see Jake talk to Finn a little later. And he Mm -hmm. lists so much loss. Oh, just an insane amount of loss. And I just thought the um, conversation between Jake and Elizabeth was actually kind of funny because Jake starts by confessing. <laughs> yes. Because there was a risk that she would see some pictures posted. And it's literally what Elizabeth does herself. She ends up confessing what happens to Drew because she's afraid he'll go talk to Carly and obviously find out. I know. It was so cute, though. <laughs> it was really adorable, but it's so interesting watching Jake take on this place, right? With Cameron not around. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, watching him develop a little bit, taking this space, uh, like with his mom, and also this whole thing starting with Charlotte. So, I mean, like, we know what Charlotte was up to. So, I mean, Jake just came to give his mom an alibi to help Charlotte or is it because Jake truly believes he was with Charlotte (laughs) and the pictures were photoshopped like (laughs) I don't know but I mean like what like so this kid's just down he's like cool Charlotte I'll like I'll I'll cover for you I mean look maybe he doesn't know what she's up to but who the hell she's using the cards on then I don't she, know. So because is she I just love, predicting her day? Like is she I just, think so. She's like, what trouble am I gonna get into today? Cards, please tell me, and I will do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like, you know, she did have time with him, but that she left for a bit and came back. So like Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yes. Yeah, so I definitely think, okay, that makes sense because it feels weird that like Jake would just show up to be an accessory to crime. But, you know, Love is Elizabeth blinding. is his mom and she's a huge accessory to many crimes. <laughs> she's always an indirect, <laughs> an indirect person in the crimes. Yeah, so, that's true. So we don't know. And so then, Car- um, so Elizabeth is not only dealing with Jake at the same time, but also managing Carly. I just found it hilarious that when Carly <laughs> came, I was so distracted by the fact that Carly wouldn't stop bending down a ton to talk to I know. Elizabeth. I'm like, is that what you and I look like when we're talking? <laughs> You're bending down and just like trying to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that was so 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 distracting for me and so while they're doing that I believe Dex calls Nina to let her know what's going on yeah that was amazing <laughs> oh my gosh her face but all I kept thinking oh it was this okay <laughs> so I was remembering this thing so when Nina came back from Nixon Falls yes. Carly actually had blamed Nina for Jason's death because, yes. like, she, <gasps> yeah, she had blamed Nina because she's like, because of you, you set things in motion. Yes. That allowed for this because of Peter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just kept thinking, this is really taking us back to the original time when <laughs> right? she came back from Nixon Falls. So you know how before I was trying to figure it out about how it was the same? <laughs> you know, the Nixon Falls thing, it was actually related to this comment. Got it, got it. So full circle, everybody. Just be along for Keep the up. journey. <laughs> It'll all make sense eventually. <laughs> and... And so what else, what else with all of this mess? So something that kind of struck me actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when Nina arrives, just hovering in the background, you know, being like, yes, in that triangle of friendship. So she's hovering in the background and then Elizabeth kind of rushes over to Carly on the sofa to sit with her and to comfort her. And it was just so striking. You know what I mean? As a person who's watched a long time, if you know the history between Elizabeth and Carly, I just kept thinking, wow, that's huge. That's huge. Huge. Walking over to Carly to be there, but just the significance of Nina in the background. Because at this point, it becomes evident to me that Sam has no idea what's happened. No, she does not. But Sam is obviously one of the people that will be deeply impacted, right? She was oh, obviously yeah. very upset about Drew going to jail for Carly. She mm-hmm. does understand and respect that it was Drew's decision. So those two did make peace. Um, but Sam doesn't know yet. And it occurred no. to me, like we always joke about these three ladies coming together, you know, whether it's coffee or just like a ax throwing or just drinks, you know, these, these women have been through a lot together but they respect each other and they are there for each other. Yes. And I just kept thinking, like, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Like, look at Jake suffering. Look at Jake right? suffering at the thought of losing his uncle. And just a side note, everybody. So Jake kept talking about my uncle. My uncle. Mm-hmm. Remember a few podcasts ago, I was, like, telling you, like, oh, Jason's his dad? Yes. So I forgot that entirely as I watched this episode. 
<laughs> completely forget blank you know like just the family tree in Fort Charles is complicated it and is. so I just kept thinking he was being polite you know like I'm gonna call him my <laughs> uncle because at one point he was dating my mom as an amnesiac and uh was sort of my pseudo dad so now I call him <laughs> uncle. <laughs> That's literally, literally what I was thinking. Until I finally realized, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Drew is actually his uncle that he once thought was his dad because they thought Drew was Jason. So I forgot what I remembered. Okay, so side um, note to mm -hmm. that, when Cyrus <laughs> said my nephew and talked about Cassidine, my mind went into a tailspin. <laughs> I don't I was like, wait, but he he has a nephew, Cassidine, Cyrus. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Laura, Laura, exactly. And then I had to like, yeah. I had to pause the TV, and I'm like, okay, family tree. Okay, okay. There's Martin. There's Laura. There's Nicholas. Okay, okay. And then he kidnapped Nicholas, but he's not dead. But he wasn't really kidnapped. He was just staying in a cabin. Got it. Done. Press play. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like seriously. Like sometimes brains are can't always function. They can't always <laughs> function. So that was like super funny to me. But yeah, like I just kept thinking, what would happen if Nina was faced with the wrath of these three women? Oh, hot damn. Right? She would be. She would bury herself in the pines or wherever it's called. <laughs> in the pine barrens. <laughs> Just, just in a pine. She'll find a tree, <laughs> carve a hole, and just live in a just trunk. Just stay there, yeah. Live in a with trunk. With the squirrels. <laughs> and so, like, Carly starts getting these ideas. Like, maybe Austin's involved. Or, like, or like Mason or whoever. She's not wrong. Actually, yeah. I have no idea based on that conversation. <laughs> um, I don't know. So she she suspects Ava and calls her over. And, and Nina bears witness. There's witness to Carly getting angry at the thought of someone having something to do with getting Drew hurt. You know, what was interesting is because remember like how I say, I feel like Carly and Ava's relationship and we will explore Ava so much more after. Oh, yeah. But that the relationship is more like sister. So I feel like, you know, when you're upset and you're sad and you just want to like lash out at somebody who can take it. Mm hmm. That's what it felt like. Like, I know she was upset, but it felt like a, a sister moment. And Ava took it so well. She just stood there huh. and let Carly be angry, be upset, lash out. She's in that family, right? And she knows her so well that she just, she let her talk. She said, I would never do that to you. I would never do that to Drew. It was, like, so freaking cool. Like, almost just as cool as seeing Elizabeth sit beside Carly. Okay. Oh my gosh. Like literally very much resonating with this because you did say this, but, but it's hitting me so much harder. Um, cause I remember when you brought this up about Sam and it really made so much sense of their dynamic because they would be stippy at each other and then super bondy. And then Sam would say negative things and then super bondy and protective. And, I was like, huh? <laughs> and then you had explained it to me and you talked about how like Spinelli was like the little brother of like a Carly and a Sam. And it was funny and it was true in how they relate to one another. And you had brought this up about Ava and I was like, huh, you know, we talked about her being the Jason or how close, you know, she is. And we talked about how they're, they're family and we see it, you know, like Avis talks crap about Carly, but then we'll trust her with her kid and they have different ways of connecting. And then Carly was being protective of, of Ava, feeding her that like Austin information. But yes. how you're talking now 
and how you explain the dynamic in this scene makes me realize like it's not just about what Carly did it's if you it's a lot too about how Ava received that right yeah. like family just the concept like if I take a step back and look at that scene differently it's true it was like a family member showing up kind of like a mature Molly and Christina if anything yeah um like with a more solid foundation and so like they she shows up and like you said it was the way Ava received that whole thing and she didn't exactly talk crap about Carly even when left alone with Nina no, she actually made it about Nina. And even the fact that when Carly called her, Ava, it looked like she like ran there. Like the, how like she got out of the elevator and responded yeah. so quickly to that urgent call. Nina is so wrapped up in herself that there's so many threats. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to say the word threat, but like, yeah, actually, but things beyond Carly. Like she's been so focused on Carly for so long that it's only recently she started to kind of go, Oh, Sonny's talking a lot to Ava. Like, Ava knows things. Oh, Ava's, you know, I think included in this whole family thing. (laughs) She's not aware of, like, Anna. Like, there's just so many other threats to her, right? But in that moment, she's concerned about the immediate threat. She's concerned about the SEC. And it's a lot. And she's, like, upset. And, like, Ava blurts out, I'm not the one who did that. And then Carly, you know, finds fault. Um, and then Sunny kind of comes into the whole thing. And, and like, Nina's like, thank, oh, my gosh, thank goodness you got here when you did. Like, she was sort of ready. You know, to her, it's like, oh, prime yeah. example. Sunny catches her in the act. But, like, Ava doesn't say any of that stuff. She doesn't say nope. anything. And, but Nina does. And then Sunny kind of jumps in and goes, you know, she, that's how she is, blah, blah, blah. And right there, you know, like Sunny is like being defensive of Carly, but it's not until the moment. So at this point, again, Nina's in self-preservation mode. It's not until the doctor comes out and they find out that Drew is okay, that she actually opens her eyes and starts to get jealous of how like when Carly's like, can I talk to you alone, Sunny? And she gets shooed away. It was just a subtle shift in her face going from like, oh my gosh, he's alive to wait a second. I'm supposed to, I'm like, what's happening here? That's my man. (laughs) Honestly, I love when they do that though. She's really a great actress for us to like observe those small little shifts. And then she walks away with Ava. Ava just completely comfortable and at ease and understanding the situation. And the first thing Nina says is, wow, Carly really tore into you. And Ava's like, wait until she finds out what you did. It was like, hot dog. That was like a hard defense of Carly. It's true, right? Because she could have just said something about it, but she didn't. And I feel like, and I'm saying this based on, I don't want to go there just yet, but I'm saying this based on a scene with Ava later when she makes that phone call to Nina outside of Carly's house. Yes, I say this based on that, looking back at that scene now, that I think sometimes it's frustrating for Ava mm-hmm. that Nina does not see the full picture. She She's so short-sighted, yes. and so consumed with Carly to her own detriment. And that has been the worry. That was the worry for Liesl. It was the worry for Ava. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily that they disagreed with her perspective of the situation at all, but they could see that her hatred for Carly was actually hurting her and she was destroying anything good in her life. So they, they were seeing that. And it's a moment like that where 
Ava seems to understand the gravity of the situation, but yes. Nina in that situation is really just thinking about crap. Yes. This is all the more reason anyone can't like find out. And so just that comment, and it was just funny because I see like Nina walking around looking guilty, looking worried. And part of me is a bit angry. I, I'm literally flashing back to her return from Nixon Falls. I'm flashing mm -hmm. back to the moment where Carly finds her at the Quartermains and where Nina was so smug being like, I apologize to everyone, including Sonny's fifth grade teacher or whatever great teacher, but not you. Mm -hmm. And so she kept doing that. Like she didn't care. So when I was watching those scenes, I'm like, do you even care about Carly's wrath, to be honest? Because it's like you never cared before. Right. So I'm just curious as to how Nina will react to any confrontation with Carly. Given the last one. The only way, like, it's when you said that Carly wanted her moment with Sunny, when all of this goes down. Physically, Sunny's going to be standing on Carly's side, and that's when it's going to hurt. I cannot wait. Like, I seriously cannot wait for all of those scenes. So not only is there, like, just a moment alone between Carly and Sunny where she just thanks him, you know what I mean, for being there. Because it is a little bit like old times, the fact that, yeah. like, he'll even show up or that she could rely on him. But she also, before that, takes the time to apologize to Ava for her actions. And part of me was laughing as I watched that. I'm like, Nina, are you taking notes? That's what accountability looks like when someone says sorry and can name <laughs> the behavior that was wrong. Um, I feel like what I wrote is I feel like she's a zombie that glossed over because she got to witness love and loyalty and she knows nothing about that. No, no. And not to mention Sunny and Anna were beating themselves up for their role in like Curtis and what happened to Drew. Meanwhile, Nina is like, nothing is my fault, though. <laughs> All I did was report a crime. Oh, my god! All I did was allow Mike to decide for himself what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just so funny when you contrast literally the slew of people around her. And while, you know, you mentioned earlier how, like, she's in this different place and, like, She's doing better. She's still so far from making oh, yeah. truly good decisions when you look at the other kind of grown-ups around her. Another big part of the whole Drew storyline, though, mm -hmm. was, was like seeing Jordan and the warden sort of meet up. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, to go to, <laughs> go to talk to Drew. And then, like, the warden was like, how? Like, oh, I'm, I'm here because, like, how could, a, like, an attack happen in a, in a prison? And then Jordan offended her by pointing out that it looks as though guards coordinated with prisoners to make that happen. And she was like, yes. what? That's unheard of in a prison. And then, <laughs> and then Carly, like, literally walks up to the warden and be like, how could you let this? And I'm just sitting there being like, oh, my gosh, Jordan, you, like, what is going on? Right? Everybody knows how the prison works. Like, you know this. Like, Carly knows this. She's been in the crime business. She knows prison. She knows all of this stuff. I just found it funny. Like, what kind of twilight zone am I living in where everyone expects there to be footage at the Metro Court and expects everyone to be safe and rehabilitated in the prison? I have no idea. It's Twilight Zone General Hospital this week. <laughs> oh man, but then, but then it gets it gets better. 
Jordan announces they're on the same page. And the warden is like, I want you out of the prison. Not suspicious at all that the warden is like, of all the people <laughs> in my prison, you, I think you don't need to be here. And I'm going to work my butt off to, I was like, oh, oh, wow. Like, that's crazy. You have like the warden on his side. Jordan and I, it's funny because it's like I forget that Jordan is more like into politics right now and she was part of the whole like rescue in Greenland like where she found out about it anyway and wish she was a part of it mm-hmm. but yeah her and a lot of people have Drew's back um he was close with her ex-husband you know they were friends yes. once they were like <laughs> mingling at some point right so yeah so like that was news to me the the warden feels that Drew is a threat to her thing that she's doing. And this is this is what I've understood based <laughs> on her interaction with Cyrus. She's yeah. trying to reform the prison. And I don't think he is. But I think <laughs> if he makes it look like she's reforming the prison, it helps her get promoted. But I don't know what she's giving Cyrus in return. Yeah, Maybe he really does have a Bible group. I don't know. Maybe he does. Like, it just is all very weird. It's another one of these plans that we don't quite have all the pieces yet. <laughs> no, we, we truly, truly don't. And and Cyrus was asking <laughs> Mason about his friend. Like, how is my friend doing? Betty. Yeah. No, no, no. He asked no? about Drew. He asked about Drew. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Drew. First, first they were talking about Drew. So I'm like, so then Cyrus is innocent in what happened to Drew? But then he said that like, like I don't know if it was a Bible verse or like a sermon type thing, but he said something that was like kind of dark. Was it about cheeks again? Like, turn the <laughs> cheek in the dark. There was a lot of cheek in that shower, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, just on a side note, because we're laughing, because it's a very serious scene. But I love that Drew's flashbacks was from our perspective. <laughs> but they always are, right? I know, but for that scene specifically, like, it just had a different effect on me, because it's like, it was a very much outer body experience for him. He's like, I see my trauma as it's happening through a television screen, and I'm the star of that show. And um, I look so good. I know, right? I'd be, like, flashing back every day. Like, like, <laughs> in that moment that was silly right okay so Cyrus is having the meeting with Mason and Mason yes. brings his lollipop to prison of course he does yeah okay and then I'm totally taken aback totally so Mason decides mm-hmm. to throw Betty under the bus protect yes. Ava Talk this story that makes him look terrible to Cyrus. Cyrus called him an idiot. He was like, you're an idiot if you think that. (laughs) He's like, I don't know about you, but I'm far from stupid. And Sunny accepted her a little too quickly, which only points to Ava. And I was like, damn, that is some sound logic. Yeah, it is. And it seems like Cyrus made it clear that... Ava was to be handled, and I think he means in the like the dead term, the dead, the deadness to die, <laughs> super dead, like three times over. So look, so many things here. So Cyrus clearly was helping his nephew. So I'm guessing for Laura's sake, he wouldn't like do anything to to Nicholas. But now I'm starting to wonder, was there like an agreement? Like, is Nicholas like paying him or something like in gratitude for like 
obviously everything that Cyrus did. I don't even know if Nicholas knows Cyrus was a part of it, but clearly he must have because Mason claims that Nicholas doesn't want Ava hurt. Exactly. Remember, Cyrus gave away all of his money, like he made Martin give away all of his money. But I can't really remember, like, where what charity he gave it to. So, like, the funds would be helpful. He did a good thing. It looks good, but he still gets money. That is true. Another source of income. Smart mm-hmm. thinking, Cyrus. And and so, and so now I'm like, what's what on earth is Mason's motives? Because it's like he's been bugging Ava. Yes. Ava keeps calling him creepy. Does he have a crush on her? I feel like yes, big time. Oh my gosh, he has a crush on his cousin's lady friend who he was seems exactly nowhere like to be the type. found. Yeah, he like Austin was nowhere to be found. Mm-mm. And like Mason goes to Ava and then they disappear in the lightning. Okay, there was so much about the house and stuff. Like we met the butler. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, really? Like, at one point, like, Nicholas was living there, imprisoning What's-Her-Face, and, like, there was no staff ever, and she never has staff. Apparently, they run the whole castle by themselves, but out of nowhere, there is this butler. I'm like, okay. And they have their own weather station or weather on micro the weather? <laughs> micro weather? Micro weather? I forgot to Google that to be like, is that a thing? But she was experiencing micro weather and then Mason showed up. Um, (laughs) And I mean, look, I don't think he's going to kill her, but they're obviously going to disappear together for a minute. What is he going to do with Ava? What's Ava going to do with Mason? He's just going to bring her to the cabin and then Nicholas is going to come back to the cabin and they're all going to be like pretend kidnapped. Like it's all weird. You think Nicholas is going to come back to the cabin? He's he's dumb. I don't he's know. Just, what he's, he's, in, he's in Geneva. Well, apparently he's no one who is, like, respectable because even his banker was shaming him. He was like, you know. Oh, my God. I he's like, you need, you need to be a better son to your mother. Like, even the banker, who's, like, all about money, has zero respect for Nicholas. Yeah, I wrote down the financial advisors teaching him how to be a human. It's really bad that the banker is like, I feel like you're drastically lacking in the human parts of your soul. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man, I feel so bad for Laura. Like, she missed him by a hair, but she was, like, on point when she said his money is here. Yeah, follow the money. Yeah. So, so that happened, but before Ava goes missing, there were some, like, <gasps> I'm sorry, Melba Lang, I was Ooh. thinking of you, I was thinking about all of our conversations, I don't know about you, but, like, jaw on the floor, just kind of being like, what is happening? I could not have been more satisfied, yes. like, I couldn't, but we've been talking about this, and to get that scene, I was like, What? What did you think? Oh, my God. Just especially in the way that they did it. Like, it was so crucial that it was Joss with the two girls. The cuteness. We got to see Ava's playful side. Ava brought them up to get washed up. Like, seeing Ava navigate that house. Know where things are to have dinner. The joy in being invited to stay for dinner. The conversation of, again, same with Carly. Mutual respect. Loyalty. 
and family. Love is getting there. You could see that. First of all, like, I was thrown. Like, even before Ava showed up, um, watching even Joss run around with the girls, I was taken aback because that's not a typical scene that you see. It was really, really mm. cute watching Joss in this way. And the thing is, we've talked about Ava and Joss for a long time. I don't know what it was about it, but we just felt like there was a moment old there. You know, like, Joss had on an animosity toward Ava. But yeah. then especially when Ava was starting to change as a person, Mm-hmm. And started to develop this relationship with Trina. I guess we kind of felt that, like, in Carly's evolution, she just became, like, a different person. But she also became, like, everyone's mom. I mean, this person yes. went from, like, she left. She had Michael and she left. She was experiencing postpartum. She couldn't even do it. To being, like, everyone's mom. You know, to Avery and to Kiki, specifically when it comes to Ava's kids. But she's always been this person where it doesn't matter who you are. If you were a kid, she kind of was very protective. And we just felt that in Ava's evolution that she too would adopt this mama bear thing, but in an Ava way, not necessarily like how Carly does it, but in her own style. And we were waiting for moments in which like she would transfer some of that onto the kids that they were connected by. And the only time we ever got anything close were scenes when, and it was even very tentative. So when Trina was on trial and mm-hmm. there was a possibility of an alibi. There were scenes at, like, the beach house where, like, Ava and Joss were sort of on the same page talking to Trina. Then there was a yes. moment at the courthouse where Ava stepped in to protect Cameron and Joss from a reporter. But even then, it still wasn't the warmest of moments. And I think for us, it's like we, when you watch it, obviously, sometimes they segment people way too much. When we yes. know that there's a relationship or why aren't you talking? If there was, this was more natural, you'd have somewhat of an interaction. And I guess we've been waiting for that for a very long time. I know we have. For whatever reason, we just have. Yes. And then to see it happen, it cemented so many things. Like, we've seen different sides of Joss. We've seen the, like, you know, the spoiled Joss, the brave Joss, the in-your-face Joss. But to see this side of her, that gracious part. Right. The forgiving part. Is big because it's big what happened. You know, Ava's actions led to, you know, Morgan's death. That's Absolutely. huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Carly and Sonny, they've made peace with it as a, as a, you know, Avery is how they made peace with that. And for Joss, as it seems, it is through Trina. Yes. The way Trina views Ava has allowed her to see more than just. The idea of Ava she's held in her head, the past Ava, she's able to kind of see this as a part of her. And it's not an easy feat, but she's there. And just the, like, cementing to what degree Ava is part of that family was so not lost on me. Um, it, it, It was just outstanding to see. And even the fact that they had an intense conversation about Dex, so they even pushed it push it further so it wasn't Mm -hmm. just like she stayed and it was joss was like extending an olive branch and that it actually got more personal and i thought it was quite interesting like how we talked earlier in our conversation how like you know nina her perspective is so skewed right self-preservation in that moment when she was trying to you know trash talk carly a little bit not understanding like drew almost died like he's a good guy and and Mm -hmm. and and Ava's made it clear why it matters so much because he saved Trina and and Trina is a person that like Carly cares about Joss cares about it's a bonding point right there yes and um and so 
I just think that for like Joss specifically, while Carly can give her advice and they've always been close, I feel like when it comes to Dex, Joss is often with her mom like, mom, like when it comes yes. to that. And I do think it's significant to have Ava step in and start asking her about Dex and start talking to her as an equal. And mm-hmm. Ava always has the right words to communicate the right message to Joss and to talk about the need to keep your eyes wide open when you're with somebody in the business. It's something she tries to communicate with Nina, but it doesn't seem to get through. Like it really doesn't seem to get through the need to be able to not only protect yourself, protect your family, but like to stay safe. Like it's a big part of the whole damn thing. And to watch Ava talk to her and be like, and to refer to her own personal experience, you know, who her Mm -hmm. father was. And then when Joss kind of asked, like, why? Like, kind of like, why do you care or whatever? It's, I found Ava's explanation interesting to me mm-hmm. because she said, well, I care about Trina and you're her friend and what affects her affects me or something to that effect. But earlier she referred to Trina as her daughter. And I thought it's she interesting did. because you do have Avery. Avery is very connected to Joss. That's one huge reason to care about what Josh is doing. And I felt like later when I started to think about that, like why did she say Trina was the reason she cared and not Avery? And I felt like that was maybe Ava, kind of like the Ava Carly scenes, but they don't want to say I care about you for Avery's sake. I'm warning you. And I feel like in that moment, like Ava may not have wanted to spook her, but she is family, but she did it indirectly, you know, using Trina, who she says is like her daughter, whereas Avery is her daughter. So rather than say, it's like, you're my daughter's sister, like you matter to her, your family, instead of doing that, she kind of like layered it with like Trina. I And I feel like there's an even a different layer to that because it's not love because you have to, it's love by choice. Trina is love mm. by choice. Joss is love oh. by choice. Yes, that too. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Like, it's so amazing to watch them come to this point and to see how much Ava has cemented herself. And that's the thing. Like, she sat there. You know what I think too? Another, another layer to that conversation <laughs> is prior to that, Joss says, who would turn, who, who, who turned Drew into the SEC? And mm-hmm. then Ava went in that personal conversation, obviously showing how, like you said, choice love this is my family like this was very clear in those scenes but it came on the heels of the sec comment and what i saw was ava like i remember when kiki died and she sat there like she had no one you know what i mean and like Mm. she didn't have family and she went through that alone and then there was like you know losing her brother she thought she had a family in Nicholas, but think yeah. about like Willow when she was talking to Drew today. Like I would never give up the quartermains. And I think at the end of the day, like Ava hasn't had anyone and they are her family. Like she can literally yeah. rely on them. Like she can rely on them for her daughter. She can rely on Sunny when she gets herself into a jam, like literally like no holds bar full blown who she is completely accepted, protected in that family, in that circle. And they know everything. Like, Nina doesn't. Nina is someone she has drinks with. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> and, like, who on earth would give up that kind of connection and protection? And when Joss turned off the light, that was scary. Because, like, in shows, you know, usually mm-hmm. we don't have that level of darkness when people turn off the lights. Or they never do turn them off. And... 
that was scary, especially with the way that the show left left off with like, you know, Ava going missing with Mason. Yeah. But when she went outside and made that call to Nina, I was really taken aback because she calls. Mm-hmm. She leaves that message that you don't have Drew's death on your conscience, but she looked irritated. Oh, big time. Big time. And you started talking, being like, you know, I know he said that. It's possible that, like, Ava confesses, but I'm starting to see that, you know, as, as like, Sunny was loyal to her. But now this, like, now I think it's getting harder for her because she's just sat there with Joss and Joss is hurting. You know, this person saved Trina. Like, for the first time, I feel like it's starting to get a little bit personal for Ava. Like, as much as she says, like, she hasn't forgiven or, no, she hasn't forgotten what she did to Avery. But, like, we've not seen... Ava process that like her daughter suffered when Sunny yes. died. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, what do you think? Are you starting to think it's possible that like Ava might just go, it was her? I feel like there is a strong percentage that she will because now we have this full idea of a wedding being moved up and I can't see if Ava finds out and I feel like that's the only person that Nina can call to share this news with how she would let that happen you know it's funny you say that because you know when I saw her her, like announcing like we're gonna get married I'm like oh my gosh can you say annulment like (laughs) (laughs) and and I'm laughing because we always suspected the wedding would be interrupted but then I thought to myself huh interesting you know what if the wedding does happen that kind of twists the knife a little bit more having to go through a divorce because that's what happened to Carly right she had to full-blown go through a divorce to sever ties with Sunny so that too is one thing that kind of (laughs) makes the whole Nixon Falls return but Mm. Ava has been making you know all those jokes she's been making Mm -hmm. in case they find out in case they find out I think there's a part of Ava who doesn't actually think the wedding's gonna happen oh 100% like you said her relationship with Nina is very surface and she almost like pokes fun and teases and is a little sarcastic to see how far she can push her but there's there's concern there there's a lot of concern and so now we have like Eddie Main and the song which could be a potential for like remembering we have uh Ava who could very well say so because the thing is Nina is the kind of person that will take you down you know, she will take everybody down with her. She and will. so I I can see Ava having to consider needing to protect herself. Because honestly, what is going to happen after all the headway Ava's made? And and to kind of suffer for, for Nina's actions, if Nina says, well, Ava knew. Or Ava told me to do it. Because that's the story she told oh herself. Gosh. You mm-hmm. told me to. You told me to turn them in. And she said, I was just playing. Like, I was using reverse psychology on you. So it's like, she already experienced that. So the thing is, Ava's really going to have to get ahead of it. Um, And then there's Michael now, who apparently developed a contact with the SEC. So part of me wonders if it's going to be like a like a a three and one, like ever. It's all going to happen at the same time. Like Michael learns the truth on his own. Eddie Main remembers, and like Ava outs her. Ooh, I love those. Like when they put those together, that'd be fun. It's, I mean, look, this is thing is going to be huge once it comes out. I mean, another huge thing this week, which we thought came out, but went right back in. <laughs> Sasha? Like, what? Oh, that was, oh my God. Like, early start of Sasha. That scene with yeah. Gladys, she, Sasha does such an incredible job. It was truly unbelievable. And as good as Sasha was, Gladys, in a dark way, also was great. Oh, yeah. But it sucked no. to watch. Yeah, it was hard to watch, but 
damn. So like it starts off kind of light because you have Cody and Dante at the police station and Dante was on fire being yeah. so cute with all his comments saying I like that mm-hmm. part too when Chase was reading him his rights. Chase being like, what is going on? Realizing something fishy is going on and on purpose kind of opens the door to interrupt to catch them kind yeah. of talking. Um, and then they finally like fill him in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's happening. So you're like, okay, they're in control. This plan is in motion. We have Sam confirming that like, hey, she trusts Sasha. So there's no need for her to be there with her. And mm-hmm. then we see Sasha, how she slowly kind of gets into it with Gladys, confronts her. And Gladys kind of freaking out because the stories are so twisted. You know what I mean? Yes. Like Gladys already gave a weird version to Nina, which she told Sunny. So she calmly told Sunny the whole story. Mm-hmm. And it's just so strange because it's like, go across the hall. Just go across the hall. Dante and I Sam know, know right? the whole damn thing. They know the whole damn thing. and They are working on it. But it's just so funny because it's like, okay, Sonny knows this, but all of it is in motion right now. Exactly. So when Gladys starts to say something like, you know, Sonny would kill me. I'm like, really? I thought Selena would kill you. Exactly. Sonny too, sure. And then, yeah. But... What she did, oh gosh, I'm just like, if you thought Sonny was going to kill you before, like, he's going to double kill you now. Yeah, because like, I mean, as much as you think you're in control, you have like Dante and Sam who know for a fact, and if they talk to Sonny, that's like, you know what I mean? He really will have the big picture. Like, he already thought the story Nina told was bad. Theirs is worse. Their version is so much worse. So, okay, so they're there, and there's a lot of funny stuff at the at the police station before everything kind of goes dark and super chaotic. Even mm-hmm. Scott shows up in defense of Cody, which I imagine <laughs> is in the hands of Mac, which is trying to protect him. Yes. And then when he thinks he has to defend him, and, and Dante once again jokes and leave Cody, leaves Cody alone with, <laughs> with Scott to deal with that. Um, but I just couldn't believe, like, did this plan truly hinge on Sasha getting Gladys to do the right thing. Like I thought, okay, she's wearing a wire. Yes, or something. Or there's a backup plan. Something. Something more solid. And so the fact that Sasha ends it with don't tell anyone where I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just assume she was going to go on the run. But I'm like, oh, gosh, she's immediately just going to call the police. And she does. And. I just couldn't believe it. Like this woman told you like that he was going to kill her. You know, this guy, you literally were trying to pay him because you were afraid of what he was going to do to Sasha. And you're going to send her right back there. Like it was so dark on so many levels. And then she, and then, so when Sasha comes into the police station and Cody is there, like the complete chaos that ensues. And it was kind of really interesting because there's chaos and you see Dante and it's all quite out of control, but he still thinks somehow that it's controllable, that everything will be okay. And it's not, it's It's not. not. And so when Gladys is in the police station, I couldn't believe she was talking the way that she was. She was like, she was like, Oh, because of you, she's delusional. I'm like, what? You're saying this crap out loud? She's of sound mind at this moment. Are you, What is going on? And then when he says, I'm going to take care of her, I'm like, you're going to let it. Like, do you understand that Ooh. she could die, like, at this point? And Dante, meanwhile, is taking her back to Ferncliff, and you could see how hard this is on him. And the whole experience is so visceral for us, the audience watching, yes. but you can see Dante's experiencing that. And it's so interesting how there's so many layers to this. You have, like, all of this new journey 
for like Sasha, you know, cutting ties with Gladys, having this traumatic thing happen. Um, she has a new circle of people. She has yes. Cody in her future. But you also have this story that is breaking Dante, that is actually taking him yes. away from being a cop. Like, I feel like this is like it for him. So mm -hmm. to me, this looks like a botched plan, yet Sam is nowhere to be found. The only hope I have, the only hope I have is that Dante interviewed Dr. Montague, asked about the pills, never pressed further. Yes. And so I don't know if this is just to have it on paper that he lied about the pills because they already have her blood work. That's true. From the beginning. So I don't know if this is a way to like watch what he does because remember sam knows how to get in the hospital without exactly yeah so i'm wondering if that's where she's positioned and maybe like sasha doesn't know what's going on but i'm hoping there is that contingency plan i freaking hope so because i i cannot handle for sasha to go through anything no else. no so this has to be very close to over and her being at Ferncliff has to be about nailing Dr. Montague. And then I look forward to seeing, you know, the consequences for Gladys. Oh, me too. I cannot wait. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, well, the, the last thing we have is Trina, if you want to just talk about it really quickly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. So this week, there was a lot of, like, new sets that were, like, total ton of new set alerts for this New York trip. Yes. Okay. So first of all, I just felt, I want to say this, Joss was totally giving Britney vibes and her outfit in the dorms. Very cute. So what do you make of this whole, like, like false start thing? Was it just to tease the Sprina fans? You know, like we're giving you that weekend, we're giving you these moments, but the whole like Esme, like, oh, there's chicken pox, but then she's honest and says, no, there's not. Again, levels, so many levels. So I think it was just showing how like honest and true Esme is. Um, that showing that Spencer, no matter what point in life, and even if they have a vacation plan, his life is rooted somewhere else and decisions and plans will have to change. So it was just like rooting Trina in the reality of what this means. But it's also the lying to herself. Like, you don't get anywhere with that. You know what I mean? Oh, no, like, all those times where she was hurt or feeling disconnected from Spencer or feeling that she wasn't a priority. Of course, it sucks when I, I know that Trina's probably telling herself, like, oh, I shouldn't. The baby's more important. And she's not wrong. But I also think sharing those feelings would be helpful. You know what I mean? And rather yes. than having them build up and like Josh telling her, you're allowed to kind of feel that frustration because that kind of comes with the deal, right? Like when he had to cancel because the kid was sick. Oh, my gosh. As a parent, I'm like, yeah. You thought you were going to have a good time. You <laughs> thought you were going to have fun. Like, I remember when I was on one mat leave, like, every single time I had a plan, like, I had to cancel it. And I was, like, never able to kind of leave the house. It was ridiculous because the kids, you know, just sick all the time. So it was such yeah. a relatable moment. But I'm, like, looking at this big picture. Like, I know it has to be frustrating for Sabrina fans to kind of see this couple and to see the kind of wedge being built between them. But I always see it as a good thing, too, in the sense that, like, you need the drama. Kind of with Sasha, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. But I look at it this way. This is, like, really great investment because it means the characters are going to be around for a long time. Like, we saw, you know, the beginning of, like, Jason and a Sam story or beginning mm -hmm. of other really long-term love stories. But there's history. That's what makes it kind of exciting is to go back and refer to these moments where they were together, not together, or had this obstacle. So, like... 
on their date, like in like at the restaurant, <laughs> you know, Spencer says something like so many good moments to come. And I do believe that. But what's the timeline on that? And so I think that you're right. This reality of like, that's just a part of the package. You know, like he says, like, now that I can trust her. Now that I that, that I, I know that she's not going to leave. And I think that's fair, right? Like now that he mm-hmm. knows that they're like on good terms, it does give a lot more leeway for their relationship. But I also realize it is important for Trina and Spencer's relationship to move forward, for them to take this step. You know, they're having their first night together because it deepens their relationship and also deepens the drama plot too. It was so funny though, because Spencer... Like, looking through Spencer's eyes and looking through Trina's, I love the way that they twisted it. Like, Trina just wanted to get in that hotel room and get the deed done. Spencer's like, romance, romance, flowers, dinner, let's have a giant meal. As being over 40, I'm like, a giant meal, then having a good time? Not going to no, happen, my friend. I know. But- <laughs> no, but no, no, I just kept thinking this, because when it came to dessert, I just kept thinking, that's got to be so weird for waiters out there. When, like, the couple are just staring at each other's, no dessert it's like I don't need to know like okay bye I'll get you your bill (laughs) (laughs) it is weird oh my gosh and then like they had this beautiful night I guess they did a lot of things in that one night and then they finally got to do the deed oh but you're right though when you talk about it that she was there because you know again she just wanted to have her night with Spencer but yeah I guess it is true like because in the at the restaurant, she said something like, oh, you did all this. And he's like, oh, no, it wasn't a big deal. But then he went on to list like 50 things yeah. that he did to plan the night. <laughs> but there was so much planning and thought that went into yeah. it. And also juggling this whole weekend plus his life back home. All of this responsibility that he has. And that's the thing, right? So even in this romantic weekend, for me, it was really like, like it really pointed out the maturity level where Spencer's life is and what he wants his relationships to be versus her, I hate to say it, but puppy love and wanting that physicality between them where he's just trying to build a future, not only at home, but with her. It's funny because he made a point of saying Esme was puppy love. This is the real thing. I know. But I I mean, it is, it is what it is. And it doesn't mean that there is no happy ending for them. But like, I think I see it as building their story. That's how I see it. And timing matters in these like stories and stories that you tell. But I have to say the other like, like the soap lover in me is like, you know, I could really go for some like, really hot affair right now like and the funny <laughs> and the funny thing is the one I was thinking of yeah was Courtney and Nicholas actually and I didn't even mm-hmm. realize the connection to Spencer because she was with Jason at the time and yes. he was with Emily is that possible no yes no. he might have yeah. totally cheated on Emily so they were having an affair and I remember at one point I think Jason or someone was like even banging on a door like, I just remember it being very dramatic. Like, knocking on the door? <laughs> yes, yes, knocking on the door. I just remember those scenes. I don't know. But I remember, like, part of me is like, okay, I don't, like, it's a soap opera, but I'm like, yeah, like, it's been a long time since people, like, legit cheated on someone. So like, true, in, a, right? in a hot way. You know what I mean? Like, the Nina Sunny <laughs> thing, I was like, okay, Ew. again, that is just a continuation of Stockholm Syndrome and not hot. Um, but, right. but, like, we're, like, 
like that what I remember like that was bad and like scandalous so it's like I'm kind of I know it's bad but yes. I'm kind of like I'm down because Elizabeth and Finn are trying but I feel like oh my God. just do the deed like to be honest like I, I love that moment I'm like oh my god she's gonna go in the shower then I realized she was just standing there fully close watching him naked and I was like all right I'm not gonna judge I may be tempted to do the same just stand there but then she jumped in the shower and I was like, is this something to do with the stain on her shirt? Because she walked in trying to like get this stain out. So I'm like, is this her being like efficient? You know, she goes to the shower, oh does a little laundry, gets a little love in, and then walks right out. And then Finn turns it to cold shower. And then Amy's like, oh my God, you guys both have wet hair. I'm like, get out. She's yes, so awesome. Yes. She's so funny. <laughs> so funny. I love it. But I was like, that's what you did, Elizabeth? Since when have you learned to put the brakes on things like that? When? When? That's why it's true love. Aww. True love is when you have less sex. <laughs> <laughs> I am That's so in love right now, guys. I'm so in love. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny. But look, I'm just going to say, Trita Spencer, they, it was cute to see them together. As yeah. an audience member, we haven't seen them, like, like have those times. But I also want to point that a lot of their bonding tends to happen when they're out of town. That's true. On a mission, doing <gasps> something, excitement, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And did you notice that they panned out and they showed the cityscape behind them? And then they showed an H&M building. And I'm like, wow, that is a pretty good plug (laughs) like that but yeah they were they did it it was a new set they had wind right so so i felt like they were really outside i was like am i outside because there's clearly a fan at play here I think this is what we I call just it. You <laughs> with your badge and your tiny little notebook flipping it open. Just <laughs> I do take notes of the stupidest things I do of, of all my thoughts. So we talked about all the things, covered all the stuff. I gave away, I don't know if I have any favorite lines, but I'm going to say some things and then you have time to prepare. <laughs> I don't think so, I have any because I Googled fave and I don't find any, but I thought so many things were funny. Crap. I guess I don't write things down as much as I thought. There were so many funny <laughs> things, but you know, we gave so much away as we were talking and I just want to give you a shout out because honestly, Me? That, well, because every time that we watch this and this is why this whole podcast started is because I'm sitting at home thinking of you and what you're th- And then we just decided, Hey, let's talk about it. But when Sonny had his like, mini meltdown because we're used to him like throwing glasses across a room <gasps> like that's old school sunny, right? did we and, not talk oh, about fudge, that man when he like threw that post-it and then banged his phone and then that post you made i that made my whole morning because we can't <laughs> talk during the week right no so when we I see don't the posts we go don't. up i like die <laughs> i couldn't believe it i'm like what are you doing what are you doing? I reround that and watched that so many times. So many times. I, you know what? Oh my gosh. I need to compare that. Do a side by side of him like hitting his desk with, with Dante's fist where he like hits it really hard. No wonder people are disobeying him. Exactly. Look at what you're doing, man. Look at what he's like, reduced to. Throwing post-its and banging his phone on his desk. 
<laughs> or what I like to call it repairing his desk after I was dying. <laughs> dying. So start of that scene for sure. And then um a star I love this scene. Like Sasha went through a lot of intense stuff. But yeah. he had this really adorable, not expected scene with Sam where she was just kind of like saying stuff she was testing out loud in the air. Like okay. why would why would Cody yeah why would somebody risk things for me? Why Cody is, uh, he's nice. All right. What do you think about Cody? <laughs> I know. I know. And she even called out for him at Ferncliff sober. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It was so, but I just sweet. love that in the end, after all of these obstacles, their cute little love feelings actually have a place to go. And then they can go on like double dates and it's going to be wonderful and lovely. Yeah. Until Lulu shows up. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that now. <laughs> and I also, mm-hmm. No, just speaking of Lulu, something occurred to me this week with all, like, the police station scenes. Yeah. And also just, yeah, um, I don't know, like, can we take a moment of silence for Valerie, who clearly left Port Charles without anyone knowing? <laughs> like, we're, like, that's like, a, she's a Spencer, and there's, there's been a lot of, like, Spencer, Carly Spencer, Charlotte, you're a Spencer, Spencer's everywhere, except for Valerie. No one's ever really cared about that Spencer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's very true. She had a moment with Dante, and then they showed her the exit door. <laughs> yeah, she the exit door. Yes, and then and then she showed up for a bit. Like every now and again, she'd show up at a crime, and you're like, okay, all right, and then and then she's gone. So, <laughs> all right, moment of silence. Okay. Got it. Back um, to 2023. Okay. No. <laughs> I want to give a star to the Finn Jake scene about crying. Yes. Yes. I, I really love that. He's like, oh man, that was so bad back there. And Finn's like, you know what? Sometimes I, I cry. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I cry. Well, of course you're going to cry. Like your uncle almost died after your dad died and your other fake dad died. Like so many people died. Like you can cry, Jake. You can cry. And I really appreciate that. That was amazing. I, yes, absolutely. So do you have any like shout outs? Uh, I stars, do. Favorite lines? Oh, go for it. I'm listening. Um, Ava and Joss scenes. That was like oh God, super satisfying. Um, To Nina and the tossing of the papers. I'm sure that was a fun scene to film. I get it. I toss paper in the air for a picture like at work. you just don't care? <laughs> yeah, for a picture at work um, a couple months ago. And it was uh, good times. So hats off to that. And to Mason, I don't know what to make of it. Because we have like creepy Mason, playful Mason, Mason who's like concerned about killing Ava, but less concerned <laughs> about killing Betty. And then decides I'm going to like swipe her and like we're going to go somewhere together, probably in a tunnel. Like I don't know what Mason's plan is. This is insane. It is insane. We have to give a star also to the Ava Carly moment. And a star to the banker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is getting out of control. <laughs> and to Laura, I mean, she fired, like, I mean, even Kevin was like, let's celebrate. Let's go have champagne. That right? Nicholas is not dead, supposedly. If I was, I would be like, I'm not leaving the bank everybody i don't know i don't know what i would do i'd like call spinelli and be like find nicholas he's been at this bank exactly. is his face still here because remember how spinelli had this like yes. software that could analyze all of the internet of the world absolutely and then, as opposed like, to the things. local internet that's local <laughs> to just, you know montreal he has access to the worldwide internet 
Exactly. I'm the world. WWM. <laughs> yes. World wide. Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> your local internet. <laughs> okay, this gets silly. I want to get a sexy. It's so long. This is it's so long. This is so I can't. Like it's an hour. Our podcast is an hour. It's supposed <laughs> to be an hour. Damn it. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, folks, we're going to have to do this. Stars to everybody. It was a, an amazing week. Have a fantastic weekend. We talked about all the things. We did all the stuff. I'll be folks. editing all weekend, everybody. So. That's a wrap. Bye. Bye. <laughs>